Podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. So Al, for those who might not be familiar with the Walter Camp Foundation, why don't you give us some background on who Walter Camp was and what the foundation's mission is? Sure. Um, Walter Camp, the, the man, is considered the father of American football. And in the late 18th, uh, 19th century, early 20th century, he was a coach at Yale, um, and he was pretty much the advocate for the sport because at that time, the sport of football was, I would say, very similar to how rugby was, but even more dangerous. No pads, people just hurting each other. And so he gave formality to the sport because um, there were politicians, including presidents, um, who were getting against the sport of football as it's saying too dangerous. And so Walter Camp took the lead in establishing rules like the forward pass, you know, penalties, um, line of scrimmage, all these things that formalized the sport and made it, you know, what it is today. And so from that, he was kind of the advocate. And as the, we have to say the westward expansion of the country, westward expansion of the country from the Ivy League to the Midwest and then even the, you know, the western part, the far west, schools were now adding the sport of football. So Walter Camp, as you know, the Yale representative, was a, an advocate for the sport and growing the sport. And then when he did was, and back in the 1888, established the first All-American team. And so for 129 years now, um, there's an All-American team for college football in Walter Camp's name. And so the foundation um, was established in 1967. A group of volunteers in the New Haven area, businessmen and uh, philanthropists, um, community folks who said, let's go continue the name in, in Walter Camp's honor and established, you know, keep that all-American team going on and also establishing some major awards uh, where they recognize each year at the Walter Camp weekend, which will be coming up next weekend in New Haven. Yeah, so you talked about the, the foundation being responsible for naming uh, college football's all-Americans. What's that process like and, and what goes into the decisions there? Sure. And one of the things that's very important about the Walter Camp Foundation's All-American team is that the foundation members itself, myself, do not vote for the players or the award winners. So they are voted by the head coaches and the sports information directors of each of the football bowl subdivision, the FBS um, schools, the 130 of them. And that's an important point because it's not media folks. It's not some group of people who have a bias towards certain schools or alma maters. It's, we, we consider them the experts, the head coaches and the SIDs, because they see the sports. So we're very proud of that fact that it's out of our hands and that we honor, you know, the best of the best um, by letting the experts do it. That, that, that's great to hear. We, you were just talking about the uh, annual Walter Camp weekend that's coming up January 10th to the 12th this year uh, down in New Haven. Can you talk about some of the events that make up that weekend? Sure. And, and that, the one great thing about the Walter Camp weekend, and it's a three-day part, and there's about you know seven or eight different events. So people who are college football fans, um, can really enjoy something, but there's a little bit of a background to it and a little bit of more of a focus. Um, obviously, our national awards dinner, I'll work backwards, on Saturday evening is our you know, marquee event. Black Tie Dinner, we honor the All-Americans, our major award winners. Um, great event, um, ability, you know, ability to, to watch you know, and, and meet some famous people. Um, th- that's obviously a marquee event. It's a pricey event, um, but it's a Black Tie event, and that's been for 52 years now really the marquee event at Walter Camp Weekend. But what's made the Walter Camp Weekend so special is the, the award winners who come into town, 
they participate in a stay in school rally on Thursday afternoon for about 2000 middle age, middle school age kids, um, in New Haven talking about why it's important to stay in school. Um, we have hospital visits both Thursday and Friday where the, you know, the athletes and the award winners go to about eight different hospitals around the state to meet with the, you know, the patients and, you know, give them a little bit of hope and, and, and support, which is a really great thing. And that's the one thing that people realize, don't realize is that, you know, they're going out into the community and meeting people. Um, and there's some, come some social events that we have at local bars and restaurants um, that people can enjoy. We actually have, for the last five years, we've had a youth football clinic on Friday afternoon uh, where we have a 300 kids sold out and, and all the, uh, the All-Americans who are in town help with the clinic along with some high school and college coaches in the area um, to, you know, to preach what Walter Camp was trying to do, promote the sport of football. So it's really a well-rounded weekend. Um, you know, obviously it, it culminates with the national awards winner. And I, I, I'm, I'm remiss to say one thing on Saturday morning for the last 10 years, we've had a high school breakfast of champions where we honor the four state championship football teams in the state of Connecticut, as well as the all Connecticut team. That's 50 players for the first and second team who are, you know, considered the all Connecticut players. And we're really actually happy because what we're seeing is the kids that make the guys that make our all Connecticut team as high school players, are now in consideration for our Connecticut Player of the Year Award, which we give to the college players. Last year was Irvin Phillips from West Haven High School, who was a two-time All-Connecticut honoree. And this year's honoree is Zach Allen, who's a defensive end for Boston College. He was a two-time All-Connecticut team honoree when he played at New Canaan High School. So it's really special to see the kids that you honor, you know, four years prior to go on to college and do very well, and then come back either as a Walter Camp All-American or, or Walter, Walter Camp you know, honoree Connecticut player of the year. I know you just talked a bit about the Connecticut player of the year uh, winner this year. Can you talk about some of the other awards uh, and some of the other honorees that'll be at the event this year? Sure. You know, um, you know, you have the all American team and then with the all American team that's voted by the SIDs and the head coaches, the coach of the year and the player of the year are voted by, um, you know, the, those SIDs and head coaches, uh, Alabama quarterback uh, Tua Tungalova is the uh, player of the year. Uh, playing in the you know the FBS championship game uh, this Monday, as well as the coach of the year is Alabama's Nick Saban. That's the second time he's won the award. So that's voted on by the SIDs and the coaches. We're also proud that we have we call them major awards, and we actually have five this year. Um, we have an American Hero Award, which we're giving to um, David Saville, who is actually a um, special needs um, team manager for the Clemson football team. I don't know if you've seen his uh, story on ESPN. Um, we're really honored to, to uh, recognize him uh, next weekend. In addition, we've uh, created a Perseverance Award, which we're giving to Jake Olson, who is the um, long snapper for the USC Trojans football team, who happens to be blind and has gotten a lot of recognition. And uh, our folks were actually went out to California earlier in the fall to, you know, really ask him if he would accept the award. And he was really pleased to be, to be recognized. And that's a special thing for us as well. We also have three major awards that we've had going on for a number of years. The first one is our alumni award, and we give that to a person who has been a Walter Camp All-American in the past. Uh, this year, we're very excited to honor Larry Fitzgerald, who is the you know probably going to be a Hall of Fame wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. But he was our 2003 Walter Camp Player of the Year when he played for the University of Pittsburgh. So he's coming back to town next weekend to accept the alumni award. Our man of the year is Mike Golick who um, everyone knows as an ESPN radio personality, but also a former standout at University of Notre Dame and in the NFL. So I'm very happy to have Mike coming along. And our last 
award is called the Distinguished American Award, which we give to somebody who has stood out in promoting the sport of football, but also promoting the greater good. And we're very excited that Archie Manning, um, the ex-Old Miss uh, All-American quarterback and New, New Orleans Saints standout NFL quarterback, but also probably more famously as the father of two uh, former Walter Camp All-American quarterbacks, um, Archie, or excuse me, um, you know, uh, Eli and uh, Peyton Manning. So he's going to be our distinguished American. So we're really, really excited about the prospects of the award winners this year. And it's shaping up to be a really exciting weekend. Yeah, it sounds it. And it's great to hear some names that everyone's probably heard of, but then hear some of those names that might not be as familiar to people, but have some really great stories behind them. So it's great to honor those as well. Um, I've got just a, a, on a, on a side note here, I know you're the commissioner of the Southern Connecticut conference and, and Walter Camp's goal was the promotion of football And at this state. The, the state of football seems to always be up and down. People are always talking about TV ratings, the injuries. Where do you see the current state uh, uh, of football going in, uh, in the promotion of that? Well, I, I would say that's a great question because I think even from the Walter Camp Foundation, and I'll take my other hat off and then put on the SEC commissioner, is the sport of football is under siege. And we say that from a perspective of I think what you see now is the sport of football is great. Um, the achievements, the athleticism, the, the rules changes, you know, to make it safer um, are all positive things for the sport. And that's what's going to keep it going. Um, the thing we have to be concerned about is that, you know, now you're seeing with the former NFL players, you know, coming back with the, the brain injuries and, the, and things is that I think the early diagnosis of it and, and, and saying maybe you don't play tackle football early at a young age until you get long, you know, a little bit older into high school and learning the proper techniques that has to, you know, that's the big issue right now um, because anybody in today's world can come and start a crusade or, you know, an advocacy campaign about you know the dangers of the football we, there's dangers of every sport um the problem is is the proper learning the proper technique and encouraging the right type of coaching the right type of technique that's learned and in the safe manner and that you know you're not hitting every day because again you're talking about young people and you're talking about development of of hearts and minds and, and athleticism and muscles but also from your brain stitch you know, stimulus as well so that's i think where the sport is going is that there's a higher scrutiny on it it's good, but as long as people are, you know, on the same page, teaching the proper techniques, doing, you know, giving the proper rest. And, and that's a bigger issue, I think, with youth sports is the onus on making sure that there's sports specialization, that kids are playing other sports, that they're not doing football all year round. You know, they, you know, proper strength training and muscle training and core training, all these things of being healthy, that's going to contribute to better quality football but also the teaching at the young age. And I think at the high school level too, is the participation levels, you know, there are concerning because you see some schools that have over a hundred kids on their teams. And then you see some schools with like 30 or 40, it's a violent game. Yes. And you don't have obviously the backups and stuff. And that's a concern. I think what, what's the, the real concern is that you have the haves and have nots and let the haves all play each other and let the, you know, the have nots. And that's a, it's kind of a, tough term to use but the smaller schools let them compete against each other on an even level playing field so you're not getting the 65 to nothing games that you're encouraging sub varsity jv and freshman levels so kids can learn the game the right way playing against like-minded competition and let's be honest not everyone's going to be grow into a division one walter camp all-american 
Um, but we have to encourage saying playing four years in high school at different levels and growing into your body and learning the game the right way. On the state of, uh, you know, some of that participation levels, what would you say is the state of Connecticut high school football right now? I, you know, I know we're, we're not necessarily known as being a huge football state, you know, when you compare us to Texas or some of those other big high school football states. But what would you describe the atmosphere of uh, college football like in the state right now or high school football in the state right now? I would say it's very, I would say, conflicted. And, and I use the word conflicted in the sense of what I was saying before about you have haves and have nots. You have really, really, really great programs with a lot of kids, great coaches. And then you have some programs who aren't as developed. And those programs who are successful at the varsity level, because that's what everyone sees, you know, the scores in the paper, the state championships won, all that. They don't see that at the freshman and JV levels, there's adequate coaching, there's adequate practice time, there's quality in every fashion, there's, you know, commitment to it. What we're seeing in other programs is we're just trying to piece together a varsity program. So it's very conflicted. There needs to be some changes done at the state level in terms of how we schedule, how we, how we classify teams, not by enrollment. Um, it should be by squad size, you know, records of success. That's where Connecticut, we have to be able to let our coaches work outside the, the seasons, um, you know, in the summer. And, and, and that's a big bone of contention. You see the seven on seven, you know, that go, you know, seven months, eight months a year. That's great. But who's coaching those kids? And, you know, the high school coach has to be the person who's in charge. You have to make sure you have trainers. We saw the incident that happened at the University of Maryland with the, with the you know, the student athlete who passed away. You know, like there were, you know, trainers there, there were coaches, but there has to be a regulation of it. And what happens is, is that those, and we have an income disparity in our state. The city schools, some of the smaller schools don't have the income that maybe some of the lower Fairfield County schools have and the resources that they have to go 12 months a year and pay for coaches to come and help their kids or trainers. There's a disparity there. And that's why it's conflicted. And I use that adverb, I guess you could say conflicted because not everyone is on the same playing field. And, and, and it's not about results. It's about having the quality and the depth of the programs, the sub varsity programs, the, the ability to get kids to a summer camp and get them together. So to prepare for it. And that's, and that's not to mention, you know, getting quality coaches to stay. It's tough to be a coach. There's a lot of scrutiny because everyone looks at the wins and losses and there's a lot of scrutiny in a lot of our communities too. So I'll get you out of here on, on this. Uh, if you want to give uh, one last pitch for the weekend, you know, everyone January 10th to the 12th down in New Haven, uh, visit the Walter Camp website uh, and you can see all the details there. We get the chance to see some of the biggest stars in college football and in the NFL. And you got Larry Fitzgerald and Archie Manning coming this year. Uh, anything else to add out? No, I just think, you know, we, one of the things about, you know, today's world is we're active on social media. So uh, our website is waltercamp.org. But, you know, follow us on Twitter, um, Facebook, and Instagram. We'll be posting stuff throughout the weekend, um, some great pictures and, uh, you know, videos. Uh, we're really excited about it. And I think one, the, the last thing I would say about what the Walter Camp Weekend means to this state and also to the New Haven area is um, the New Haven area becomes, the, you know, really the football capital of the world this weekend. There's former professional players, current professional players, you know, college All-Americans coming in to celebrate the great game of football. And that's what we're very proud of for 52 years to have a Walter Camp weekend. Absolutely. Al, thanks for joining us uh, and look forward to the weekend. Great. Thanks. Looking forward to seeing you, Jared.
Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod, the host at Jared Cutler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.